Black Dog After Dark is recorded in a video store by people who have been drinking. We swear a lot. And there's spoilers. It's not safe for work unless you work in a video store and have also been drinking. Whoa, whoa. This is my mind, man. It's blowing. We're, we're it's, in the book. Well, are we in the book right now? Probably. All right, you primitive screwheads. Listen up. Roger, Roger. What's our vector, Victor? I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. I know that, Mr. Man. Imagine where it goes from here. Fixes the cable. This one will drive you absolutely mad. The riots began because the stores could not meet the demand of Sutter Kane's novel, In the Mouth of Madness. Kane disappeared two months ago without a trace. Kane's writing has been known to have an effect on his readers. This whole thing has been staged. This is not reality. It's all happening for real, Trent. I know this book will drive people crazy. Let's hope so. The movie comes out next month. I am one of your hosts, Dylan Reimer. I'm Alex Chisholm. Darren Gay. The one and only Darren Gay, Alex Chisholm, and Dylan Reimer. And the movie we are discussing to see if it holds up mm. is, ni- is uh, 1995's... Is it 95? It's 95. Oh, it was meant to be released... It was, I thought it was in the 80s. It's, it was released in February 95. It was re- it was, they, wow. sh- they ran it in Italy in 1994. So I guess technically it's a 94 movie, but only in Italy. Um, well, how does that explain the music? It was released in Canada... Well, John Carpenter, he's true. never really been all that with it. Anyways, yeah. the movie is John Carpenter's In the Mouth of Madness. In the Mouth of Madness. Loosely based on the works of H.P. Lovecraft. And, There's been um, a lot of Lovecraft adaptations. Now, this movie is, we're going 22 years. There have not been very many good Lovecraft adaptations. Mm, that is true. The best one, of course, being the Roman Polanski uh, Ninth was it the Ninth Gate? I think it was called. Really, that it, was a Lovecraft thing. And it was well, no, but right. you, you can't really do a Lovecraft adaptation properly because it's all about laying eyes upon a hideousness that dr- makes you go mad, and you mm-hmm. can't you can't commit that to film. No, for me, hands down, the best Lovecraft adaptations period is Reanimator. Reanimator, of course, Reanimator, and it's just I a always brilliant forget. film. I love Reanimator. Horror movie. I haven't seen that in a long sci-fi. time. I wonder if it holds up. I guess, yeah, I only really know Cthulhu lore. Right. I was not aware that Reanimator was actually a... Um, because uh, it looks like it takes place in the 1980s with, full, with the bubbling vials of, of glowing green liquid. Full disclosure, I've never even read any H.P. Lovecraft. I've only read uh, The Call of Cthulhu and a bunch of his short stories. Right. Didn't put me in a very good mood. But no. when you're 16 and miserable in New Westminster, it's the thing to read. Right. So uh, we'll go right into uh, when was the last time you saw... I guess I saw it when it came out on, I don't know if I saw it in the theater or not, or I saw it on home video on the VHSs back in the day. Um, I remember liking it a lot. I remember it being creepy and weird and fun, a lot of, like a lot of uh, John Carpenter kind of stuff. I'm a pretty big John Carpenter fan, and I thought it was one of his better ones when it came out, and uh, yeah, I, I quite liked it. So it was, uh, it was fun. I was looking forward to revisiting this one. It was, um, yeah, it was good. All right, Alex, do you remember where you were when you first saw In the Mouth of Madness? Yeah, I was on my couch this afternoon getting ready for the God, (laughs) we really have to run. I had never seen this film before. I remembered the ads at the time, but I had never seen it before. So you've seen the ads at least then? I'd seen the ads and I'm familiar with the movie. When was the first time you saw the ads? When they originally (laughs) appeared in print and on TV at Mm. the time, however briefly, that was when it originally came out. Like, I was always aware when another Carpenter movie 
was released, but for some reason I just stopped going to see Carpenter movies shortly after. Well, They Live was the last one I really loved, and I did I disliked Prince of Darkness so much I just sort oh, of ignored I like Prince of Darkness a lot. his uh, later movies. Yeah. So I had never seen this before. It was today was my first time seeing it. When you popped it into your player, did it give you the option of widescreen or full screen? Yes, it did. Well, I, got, you, I got that. Widescreen. You chose widescreen? Okay, good. I, of course. I went full screen just... Just because fuck it. No, I went widescreen, of course. Why would they even bother giving you that yeah. option? Like, who would choose full Wait, screen? What would, kind of would moron you, would, would you like grainy, shitty <laughs> VHS transfer or, or yeah. amazing Laserdisc transfer? Yeah. Um, when I first saw this, it, when it came out, um, with uh, when I was back in, I was in a rock and roll band. You were and in a rock and, and roll me band. Me and my band went and saw this because it was John. I was. I was were you like a John Carpenter cover band? Uh, that's right. We did all of the themes. We did Halloween <laughs> and They Live and right. uh, and this one, of course. And the um, and... Well, this yeah, we went there to listen to the music and take notes. Mm. No, we we were all John Carpenter fans, and we went and saw it. And I remember being trim, uh, at uh, Lowheed Cinemas in, in out in Coquitlam, British Columbia. Yeah, I remember not liking it, and I remember everybody in my band not liking it, and then uh, deciding. Even the uh, drummer? Uh, we didn't have a drummer. Oh. Okay. Uh, but it stars Sam Neill as John J. Trent, who is yeah, a... Um, he's never aged, that Sam Neill. He looks like kind of looking now like he does back then. So uh, Sam Neill, and I thought he was terrific in this movie. Yeah, I thought yeah. he was the best thing in this movie. Yeah. He plays... Um, what is he? He's like a claims adjuster? Yeah, like an insurance kind of guy. Insurance investigator. Yeah. Yeah, so he but he's they open they open up on with him uh, in a straitjacket being hauled off into a mental institution. Mm, actually, technically, they open with the the opening credit sequence. Let's talk about that. I just remember I just remember like some some really hot licks like like it was almost like yeah. a like a John Carpenter version of a Metallica. It was John Carpenter is, is stepping up from his keyboard and picking yeah. up an electric guitar yeah. in the basement. It still sounded eighties cheesy was though. Super eighties. <laughs> it was, that's why, was that's why I thought Riot it was in the eighties. Quiet right. I was thinking yeah. Metallica. That's it why was, I thought Metallica too. That's the first thing. I I wrote a Hot Licks Metallica John Carpenter version. Yeah. Well, just, you know, right away, yeah, it made me totally think mid-80s, even though I know this film isn't from the mid-80s. And sort of, I don't want to say too much about a lot of the message of the movie right now, but there is a message of, you know, art taking over its followers and its fans Mm -hmm. in a a really nefarious way. And for me, it just, it kind of reminded me of, what the sort of accusations people were making about metal in the eighties? So right. I don't know. Wait, if that okay, had so hold on. So, 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 maybe right. just to, to be clear, to be clear, guitar. to be clear to the listener, yes. if you haven't seen the movie, it starts the opening credit sequence, and I don't think John Carpenter had ever done an opening credit sequence before, because usually he just starts his movies, right? Uh, right. And this is well, it's basically a bunch of shots of um, a printing press, right? Um, printing a book yeah. uh, by, by this uh, author called Sutter Kane. Stupid, stupid made-up name, Sutter Kane. Uh, yeah, I, I know so what, many what kids. Reminded about? me of Union Kane from Rocky Five. He was a there was bad a, boxer. That, that was a that was a holy a shit. You remember Union names Kane. from Rocky Five? Yeah, Union Kane and that's a thinking man's Rocky Sutter Ford. Kane. How the hell do you remember any <laughs> name from Rocky Kane. Five well, other than other than Rocky or Adrian? In the same way that. This is my first time seeing this movie, and I'll never forget the name Sutter Kane. Sutter Kane. So, bo- it's, so bogus. It's yeah, so it's, dumb. It's, a, it's a, such a bogus name. So you sure. see this. So it was shot in Toronto, and so they uh, they um, they, uh, they went in on a Sunday, and they actually printed up a bunch of these books. I would love to have – it's the Hobbs End Horror is the book right. that's being printed by an author called Sutter Kane. Supposed Sutter Kane to, is It's supposed to sound like Hobbs. Stephen King. It's a silly name. It's the, this movie is, is just chock-a-block with Cthulhu references. Right. 
One of which is the Hobbs End Horror, which is one of his short stories. Oh, really? So yeah, I didn't know that. Um, all of the books written by so Sutter Kane is so he stole he stole the title from he changed it a little bit, right? You know, I think it was like the Hobbs Creek Terror or whatever when right. it was H.P. Uh, Lovecraft, right? So you have this opening credit sequence. Um, tonally, they hit you hard and fast with some very Metallica sounding wank rock. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're, but it's it's disjointed because you're watching a bunch of books being printed, yeah. and this is like wow, 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 wow. Here's yeah. the author about the author. <laughs> wow. Wow. A lot of books. Quiet riot. You, come on, feel the noise. So they didn't chart with that song. Not in America. The movie is set in the world of publishing. Yeah. So we're in the for exciting a exciting world wild of publishing. Time. <laughs> It's like you may as well just see like a, a, an eraser factory or something. Mm, and pencils. it turns out so so this this character Sutter Kane, uh, who's the Stephen King like author of a gazillion horror novels and so on, uh, has gone missing. And, is, and now is that how it starts? And, well, it starts so, so with uh, Sam Neill like frothing at the mouth. He kicks a oh yeah, right he, he, yes. He's being hauled into a mental institution. Uh, John Glover's there with a crazy hairdo. Always smiling. He's the guy that looks crazy. Full on eraser head hair, dude. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and uh, and I, I, when I was watching, I was like, wow, street jackets look really uncomfortable. I, yeah. Uh, have you guys ever been in one? Just that, yeah, I have. I have too. Yeah. It, but <laughs> the same one. <laughs> I can't believe you forgot. That, that's another story. Um, but yeah, he, so he's hauled in there. He's uh, he's fighting the guards. He he kicks one of them in the balls. Really hard. Really hard. And then apologizes apologizes for kicking him in the balls a well, little bit later. A little bit later. Yeah. Once he yeah. once he gets thrown into the cell. Thrown into a cell. So uh, yeah. So this movie has quite a few of these little character. Actors. I know. I actually wrote. I, I saw John Glover and then David Warner. Charles okay. Heston. David Warner. Awesome. Okay. Now, first of all, uh, sorry. What was the the first guy again? Uh, John Glover. John, not Donald Glover. John Glover. Uh, who many of li- many listeners will know as uh, the Trump-like figure in uh, Gremlins Two: The oh, New Batch. Oh, that's right, that's right. Back when Trump was like this harmless goofball millionaire yeah. idiot. Yeah. Uh, and he's just he's in everything. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's one of those guys. He's right? one of those guys. The same with David Warner. like I seen that guy in a thousand movies. David I don't Warner. Know his name. Yeah. I mean, most people will know him from Titanic as as the as the henchman. Was he the henchman? He was the henchman, oh. and he was also the embodiment of evil in Time Bandits. Mm. He also uh, gets decapitated right. in The Omen, Pain yep. Glass, and he's also uh, he's the village idiot in Straw Dogs, the, oh, really? Peck, the Peckinpah original that starts the whole chain of events. Oh. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Warner, he's a fascinating actor. Hey, no, And here's the thing, like John Carpenter... I think he, he's beloved by uh, by film fans largely because he himself seems like he just loves to make movies. Yeah. So this was back lo- in his heyday too. I guess his heyday. Right at the end of his heyday. Maybe the end of his heyday. I guess his heyday was probably Halloween to about to about here, like seventy seven to about. Well, that's a pretty I good heyday. I Big 20. Trouble in Little China was probably his heyday. The thing, or they live. Or the thing, they, they live. No. I'll, the thing was the a bomb, thing, though. The thing was eighty-two. They all yeah. bombed, but they yeah, live. Well, Escape from New York was a oh, yeah. sizable hit. Then he did Escape from LA. Well, that was years later. Yeah. That was like mid to late nineties when he did. Escape yeah, I from think LA. I think that the little the the, the three that he did um, in the Month of Madness, uh, they live, and um, Prince of Darkness, sort of were the end ah. of his. Yeah, they live was first, yeah. then well, Prince of Darkness. He he, he, like, referred, he also did, but before this. He did a movie I've never seen and always wanted to, Memoirs of an Invisible Man. It's I've, a Chevy Chase I've, movie. I've, I've seen, seen it. it I've been though. trying no, to find it's it for, hard for to years. Find. I, I don't even have it on my, my old dusty VHS collection. Get back to the movie. So, so he's been committed. 
So oh. he gets thrown into the loony bin. Right. I suppose it's an insensitive way to put it, but it's the loony bin. The it's the way they present it. So it's more of a nut yeah, house. Yeah, yeah. It's more of a nut and house. It's than very a stylized. And they yes, throw him right. in. They slam the door. Complete and then with lightning. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then the doctor, John Glover, in his uh, with his huge uh, eraser head hair. Uh huh. For some, puts on it's only just begun by the carpenter. It's also it's it's hinting that there's something else going on. Yeah. Like there's hinting that there's some sort of uh, something else outside of the mental institution that society's falling apart or something is happening. Like like some sort of a apocalypse or something that's going on. It seemed really weird to me, but but it, it, now that I think about the and this is this is what I find so interesting about this movie. You can call it Deus Ex Machina, whatever, but it does work once you know the twist mm-hmm. and once you know what the overall. I guess story and concept is it makes because I was like why yeah. is he why is he playing any music and it's like it's a little too perfect and it's yeah. like oh there's a reason it's a little too perfect but which we'll get to at the end also yeah. it's not the Carpenter's original recording oh, it's a that. Muzak I know you know that but yeah. it's, it's just interesting that he does call it out as Carpenter's even though it's music. it's funny I wrote here I love the Carpenter's synth either. music and I think but that's not about the Carpenter's music it's John Carpenter's, John Carpenter's music the Carpenter's. it's it's, yes. it's it's heavy man so by the way Paul Williams wrote that song and it was originally written as a jingle for a bank for a bank it originally oh, appeared in the public consciousness really? as a bank commercial and then <laughs> the carpenters loved it so much they were like they went to the writer he's like oh yeah i have all these unused lyrics so they were he's a good songwriter back in the day that paul Williams. that's a good one and you don't at this point you don't know if he's nuts or if uh, if bad shit is actually a foot mm. he assumed bad shit is actually a foot a foot and uh then this 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 figure visits him in his cell when he's in a straitjacket and then Sam Neill says this is a lousy way to end it and then the figure says it's not over yet you yeah. haven't read it yet mm. which so that's how the movie starts right yeah that's a it's it's because you don't know what's going on it's a no. little confusing but that's like, okay like it's it, now it's bad shit happening because he's yeah. refusing to read whatever it is and whatever what is it, is. and yeah. you know, so I so at this point I'm in. I'm I'm yeah. I'm hooked. Yeah, it does. It does grip you right from the beginning. And I love the opening, and I and I love the super stylized so-called loony bin. And I don't want to you know, know sound insensitive using that description, but it's the very stylized, scary old time movie looking. Yeah, it, it, it even, it even like, has a lightning flashing and yeah, the thunder the, crash. The lightning and, fa- yeah. flash, the thunder crash, yeah. and it's like. It's old school, and it's also just, I found it, yeah, it hooked me immediately. Yeah. It was yeah. shot in a, a, a water treatment facility in, in, in the outskirts of Toronto. Someone did their research. I did my research this time. <laughs> I, I, I bothered to. I listened to the director's commentary. Oh, really? Oh, awesome. Yeah, because everything was very big and bright and white, and mm-hmm. you know, it was just very, it was just off-putting. Right. So then David Warner makes an appearance. And right. Dave, David Warner, now what was he? Was he a cop? What was his deal? I can't remember David Warner. I just remember him showing up and saying some things. Yeah, he, which is a complete waste of David Warner. Yeah. Because he's such a great yeah, actor. Yeah, he wasn't in it very much. But he shows up to visit Sam Neill, uh, and this made me laugh. So as, as he's being taken to Sam Neill's um, cell, uh, David Warner asks the doctor, he says, you know, did he, did he request anything? And the doctor kind of giggles and says, all he wanted was a single black crayon, oh, yeah. right? And then you go into the cell. It's a padded cell. Uh-huh. And I got to say, Sam Neill has 
He's been, made that he's made that that crayon go a long way because every square inch is covered in upside down or in crosses. All kinds of crosses, all but, kinds of weird. And, oh, and, it, and his face and yeah. body are covered in. Actually, I, I love that the, his back was. Like his the his back his his shirt was all covered. I didn't in even notice that. It was, all, it was whole. But like, was like, how did he get the, the do his? Who did his back for him? Yeah, like, I. Uh, I didn't yeah, even notice. I that loved him. all that and, and his face. You know, there's no mirror in there. So. And I I did laugh when he made the line about the crown. But here's the thing: right from the get go with this movie, I found it wickedly funny. When I'm I laughed a lot during this movie, and it certain mm-hmm. wasn't at the movie at all. I really it, this movie oh, yeah. for me. You because yeah, you're enjoying it. Yeah, really yeah. a lot. So, and the, I found there was a level at times where this movie struck me. I'm not, I'm not going, not joking here. And again, this is my first time seeing it. it. Reminded me of the first time I saw Evil Dead Two. Like I was taken back. I expected mm-hmm. something much more straightforward horror movie. It was way right. more slapstick and funny than I expected. And I loved the crayon line. I laughed at it too, but it was like. This movie's really, really fun. Well, it wasn't even the, the crayon. It was just like, how did he possibly get that much mileage out of one crayon? Well, well there's that, too, in the next <laughs> shot. But the I would movie, have asked again, for a Sharpie. Like, like, we, we, there's way more. Oh, that's going to run out of It ink. wanted you. Yeah, like, but the crayon's like, it's tiny. Carpenter knew damn well when he was getting that set decorated the way it was. When he Single gave the approval, crayon. it was like, uh, yeah, you know, there was a level of absurdity. And I think it... Well, that it was, it scene, was without saying too much now, when we when we finish talking about this movie completely, I think we'll agree, like, the absurdity of that scene, the impossibility of that scene, makes perfect sense. Yeah, I was, at this point in the movie, I was already getting a, a Sam Raimi, John Landis, even, kind of. Well, like, a, like, sort of like an American World from London kind of fun. Well, a real wink at the camera. And there was right. definitely moments where he's, like, waking up from a dream, waking up from a dream, and reminded me I of love that. Oh, that, that, me too, that, that, that scene when he, keep, he kept waking up. <laughs> oh, and by the on. way, can we just first second talk about how good an actor Sam Neill is huge fan actually of Sam Neill and here's something a lot of people don't know about him Sam Neill he's the best James Bond that never was he auditioned to take over from Roger Moore you can find it on YouTube it's on the DVD, I believe, of The Living Daylights, or it could be also on the DVD of A View to a Kill, which was Moore's last. But they definitely show people who auditioned to replace Roger Sam Moore. Neal, Sam Neill gives a completely convincing audition, and right around that time, who, by the way, was passed over by the role in favor of Timothy Dalton. But mm. I, I like um, Dalton. That's all right. The, the next scene is that the, after the, the mental institution, he's in an office. It's sort of a, I guess it's, it's gone back to telling right. us how he got there. Because he's know, telling I, 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 David I, I, Warner his... Okay. I just, I just, um, just going to say, he, he cleans up well. He looks really good oh, yeah. when he's not crazy in a straitjacket. And, uh, and, and, he's, and the thing is, he's, he's, a, he's a bit of a jerk in this movie. He's, he's, still, he's, still, he's still rooting for him the whole thing. Uh-huh. At times I go, wow, what a fucking jerk. Uh-huh. Why'd he do that? <laughs> Why'd he say that? Who would do that? So, so we see him in his prime now. We see him <laughs> at the office. He knows his fucking job. He's the, yeah. he's, the, he's the best insurance investigator in the business. Yeah, he's he's walking the talk. He's the cock of the walk or so, whatever the expression is. So and his boss is his boss is like, "You're the shit, buddy." Who's his boss? Ah, no, but it's not his boss. Oh. I know who you're thinking of. Yes. His boss sends him to the publishing company right. oh, where right. he meets the the CEO played by none other than you want to say it? Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes. Yes. Uh, Carl Heston, what, Chuck Heston. <laughs> Marky, Marky Wahlberg? The Omega Man himself. The Omega Man, yes. And I, the, I, that is such an inspired casting choice because mm. I fucking adore 
Charlton Heston. I, I like him. I like him on screen. I'm sure. It, uh, well, when he was alive, oh, he, was, I, he was a dick. But I don't uh, care about yeah. his NRA bullshit. I, I don't yeah. like him as a human being. No. But, but yeah, no. It's it's always a pleasure to watch him on screen because uh, he's he's a bit of a ham. He's uh, tends to overact. He's got that that giant head, that big square everything jaw. Everything is so serious. Yeah. And what I didn't in the, in the <laughs> that was see, pretty in, good. In, see this is thank you. This yeah, is where I thought, I thought Charlton Heston was in the room with us for a sec. <laughs> I did not realize the ironic value of having Charlton Heston in this movie because he's he you know Soylent Green Omega Man uh, Planet uh, of the Apes Planet of the Apes yeah. you know the, the, the Earthquake guy, the guy, Commandments the, the, the guy, Ten Commandments Earthquake well not, not so much with Ten Commandments but was, he, was he Ben-Hur as well he was Ben-Hur yes right. but there's a certain uh, gravitas that he brings to a, a corny and cheesy production like yeah. he, he just has that and so, so when you see Charlton Heston in, in the Mouth of Madness all of a sudden, you kind of relax a bit and go, yeah. we're in good hands. I'm thinking, I wouldn't mind being in the mouth of madness if Chuck's there. Yeah, if he's there, we'll, yeah. hang out, we'll shoot some guns. How bad could it be? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's cold. His hands are a bit cold and dead, but otherwise. <laughs> Pry that gun out of them. So what So what happens? What does Charlton Heston... Uh... He says he, he he sends him on a quest. Oh, so what, sorry, what is his job? He's the CEO of this publishing, publishing company. company. Who, who, who Sutter Kane, the, the, the book, the Hobbs Knobs... Knob Goblin, whatever. Hobbs Knob Goblin. Hobnobs are delicious, by the way. <laughs> and anyways, he's gone missing, and uh, for some reason, he hires an insurance agent to find him. So, oh no, I, don't, I think there's an, like an insurance claim. Involved. There's an insurance claim if if he's dead. If he's dead, the company I believe has the life insurance. Oh, okay. yeah, the life insurance, because, or, which is common yeah. for oh, high profile clients. And, client, and uh, what's crucial to the plot is that you know Sutter Kane has gone missing mm -hmm. with the manuscript that no, oh, that only his, a couple for, of for his new read. book. But and the people that have read it have gone insane. The very the, the very few people. So what Sam Neill. Uh, it, it learns when he goes to visit Charlton Heston, his assistant Styles. Styles. He gets attacked before meeting them, right? I don't think no, so. No, no. Her name's Julie Carmen, by the way. Um, and she, I, 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 why, do call, why do they call her Styles then? That's the actress. Well, I'm saying her, her, char no, her character is Styles. I'm aware of that. The actor's name <laughs> no, is. I did, it's, it's, no, I didn't think you were an idiot. I thought Darren Julie was an idiot. Carmen. I knew her name was Styles. No, her. Well, anyways, <laughs> Julie Carmen. <laughs> At any rate, like, she uh, was excellent. Like Sha Sha I thought she was terrific. Yeah. yeah. So um, Styles and Charlton Heston reveal to uh, Sam Neill that what was Sam, what was Sam Neill's character's name? It was John Tra John J. Trent. Trent. Yeah. Trent. Right. Trent. Yeah. They reveal to Trent. Right. That Sutter Kane, he's got like seven or eight books. He's more popular than Stephen King. They kept hammering that home. Yeah, more they, popular than Stephen King. Yeah, I was like, actually surprised they threw the Stephen King name out there. Like I didn't, you know, just because movies like this with fake authors to come <laughs> to throw a real one in there. Yeah, it's, especially when when the guy's name is Sutter, Sutter Kane. Kane. Yeah. So uh, Sutter Kane's uh, books have a power over readers, and yes. so if if you're kind of a moron, you might go nuts if you yeah. read one of it. That's how well written these fucking things are. Yeah. Right. So, so he's off having lunch he's with his friend. With his friend, who's who's he having lunch with? He's having lunch with some guy. Like a like a private investigator. But then, but then he, they're having lunch at a nice restaurant. Oh, his boss. He's having he's having lunch with his boss. Right, right. Because his, his boss is blowing smoke up his ass and saying, "You are the best." Yeah, you should do this. This is this is not expository at all. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to tell you, you are the best <laughs> at your job, and I'm so glad I hired you. Yeah, no, but, you're better than Stephen King is at his job. And that's why we're having lunch said. in this diner in Toronto. Yeah, but not, from acro across the street emerges from a video store. If you had noticed, was it a it video store? Yeah, uh, so we had a big sign, a video sign right above wow. the door. Uh, some dude carrying an axe, looking kind of crazy, and uh, he's yeah. kind of zombie-like. Yeah. Kind of zombie-like, and he 
And then so like nobody notices the havoc he's causing on the street. I think he he's swinging oh. his axe around. Oh no, like, people on the street notice. But, but, the, but Sa- the, Sam Neill and his boss, <laughs> who are just are, which, are just enjoying again. their tuna melt as though nothing was that, happened. Was that, was, that, was, that, was that was that Bernie Casey? Was that who his boss was? Bernie Casey, I think possibly. Because I remember I, there's another there's another name. I go, oh, hey, that's Bernie Casey. I just really loved that scene. I thought again the movie was being wickedly funny in that moment, but that's so true though because. I've even witnessed, I've been in a situation once where I witnessed... And a, a, an axe guy coming at you? No. But witnessed a pretty bad car accident oh. at an intersection and me and other people stopped, but a few people kept walking completely oblivious, and I honestly don't think they were ignoring it. Well, it's just I, the over-simulation but, but of when any he, busy When he got street. right to the window, yeah. he was like, at the window, Yeah, but the still, table, if you're really... It still Although, worked for me right up until that last well, minute. It was they, direct. They, they, yes. So in the shot, it's it's a very impressively uh, choreographed scene. Yep. I love so, it. So yeah. in, in the forefront, uh, Sam Neill and Bernie Casey are sitting there discussing what a great investigator Sam Neill is, and they're right next to a window facing the street. And across the street, there's a video store. This lunatic emerges with an axe. People people on the street are screaming and running what away. What's he doing in the video store with the axe? I, 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 Light charges. I'm just. It's all it's all one shot. It never cuts away. Mm. Uh, this guy, this lunatic with the axe, gets closer and closer and closer and closer to the window, and the, and these are the. It's almost comical. The, yeah. the, the only two people not to notice are the targets of this lunatic with the axe. Yeah. I found it completely comical. You were saying almost comical. I think I was laughing out loud during the scene and in a good way, along with the movie, because. It, I found it so satirical. Like these two dudes are so busy schmoozing one another, blowing smoke and yeah, up they each are. Ass. Yeah, blowing smoke up each other's ass, and literally. Like this movie was so much <laughs> more humorous than than I expected it to be. And yeah, this scene in particular really worked for me, and I really started to love the movie at this yeah. moment. Because so Axe so Axeman walks yeah. right up to the window, and he just smashes smashes the window and freaks everyone out. Yeah, and then he shouts to Sam Neill, "Have you read Summer well, Cage?" He, jump, yeah. he jumps up on the table, yeah. and he's about to kill yeah. um, uh, Sam Neill or Trent, Trent, uh, John Trent, Trent. Yeah. and and he's got his and this is where Sam looks in his eyes and he sees that he's got these weird he's got like eight irises he's like got like, oh, two, right, two, yeah. like two inverted mm. um, what do you call it like an infinity symbol I guess some people when they read Sutter Kane their eyes get this weird like infinity really? symbol kind it, of you know what would have been cool if they had like 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 computer graphics of little like swirly things so this fucking nut job stands up on ruins the tuna melt he's standing totally ruins he's the tuna standing melt. there in the tuna melt with an axe like he, how do you go back to eating after and that and he says to, to uh, Sam Neill he says uh, do you read Sutter Kate and the voice is I, all weird well the voice is, it was done in post obviously because yeah. it, it, it sounded so like terrible well they do that a lot like deliberately like there's well some... I just think I think I don't know if it was deliberate I think probably when they were filming it it just didn't work out with the sound or whatever and they had to redo it oh, dub it in the studio afterwards or yeah, whatever shitty Toronto crews they don't but know or, or maybe that guy didn't speak English. Maybe the guy that they got to the axe guy. Who knows? Maybe and, it's like John Carpenter. Like, by the way, there, there is an actor in this movie who uh, either doesn't speak English or speaks English very poorly. Um, but he turns up later in the film. Okay, so so then so what happens after well, that? Well, the, 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 well, the, the cops the, blow him away. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah the, the cops, cops shoot away, him. Right? And he's dead. But this which is the, the, actually the, shocked me because the build up, the way that the scene unfolded, I've thought was so well done uh-huh. that of course it means it's yeah you just shoot him but i was like holy fuck you know oh i knew there was gonna, get, gonna get the axe i no, didn't think he'd get shot or at least roll out of the way yeah it was I, getting like well because because uh, as i said i've seen it before but i f- i forgot 
basically everything in this movie when until I watched it again the other night. And uh, a lot of scenes came back to me, and that, that one did, and yeah. I knew he was going to get shot. There's people rioting now. But why are people rioting? Because the book's already out, right? Like, like His new book's not out. Well, because they're, his old they're insane from reading his other books. But they're not putting... They're, yeah, but this is... This but, but, but he compares these riots, and you see cops beating people and, and people turning yeah, cars over. And he goes... It, and Sam Neill looks at this in the news, and then he says to Charlton Heston... Uh, um, Oh, it's just a publicity stunt. You know. There's a theme running through the whole He compares movie. it to the hula hoop. He's like, yeah, this is just like the hula hoop. Like, but here's, here's so the hula, look up. Hula cabbage patch. Well, you guys are really... Cabbage patch kids had brawls yeah, but, between but, parents. Well, well, you remember the, the hula hoop riots of 65. I, I do. Yeah. They went in circles. They went for hours. But cabbage <laughs> patch kids, I mean, they're, they're doing, obviously it's spoofing the... Cabbage Patch Kids in the early 80s wasn't quite riots as presented in this movie, but there were major news reports about parents duking it out. But um, the, 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 funny, the funny thing that I found uh, at this point is, and, and, and this is a theme that goes through it the whole movie, is, is uh, Sam Neill's uh, rejection of any of this being real. He always, he's, the whole thing's a, 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 a publicity stunt. It's all to sell the books. And he, th- he even goes so far as saying that this guy getting shot after smashing through the window with an axe coming out of a video store uh, is a publicity stunt. Like that's, you know, that's a little little bit of a stretch. You know, you got to maybe some point. This is not. It's not, ah. it's not a publicity stunt. So that's what I like about his character is that the crazier it gets, the more the more he's just like this is just a more elaborate. Well, I guess it kind of makes sense the way the way things turn out in the end. But when I'm watching it, I'm going. Dude, like this, like, there's a point when this is like this is like it's a big ruse to be putting on you just for a publicity stunt, yeah, just to make like you think. Sh- shooting a guy, like shooting a guy. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. And also, you got to wonder because they state it as a matter of fact. Okay, there's two things that, are, that 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 come up that always surprise me was. Um, Exactly how famous this Sutter Kane guy is, because everywhere this guy is fucking everywhere. Just go into a cave there. I did. <laughs> I, went the vi- I went to the video cave. The video cave. Where we keep the Canadian films. He went into the Sutter Cave. <laughs> oh, oh wow. really? Don't ever say that again. Anyway, so no, it's like Sutter Kane. Like, okay, now Stephen King is okay in this movie. I guess Sutter Kane is that much bigger than Stephen King. Because I never see buses with just Stephen, Stephen King oh, on the side. Yeah. But everywhere. <laughs> there's fucking posters. At one point they go into an alley and there's Sutter Kane posters yeah. in the alley. Well, yeah. that, that was that, that, that weird scene. Like, this is when things started to go off the rails a bit for Sam Neill. Before he goes to, uh, gets in the car and goes to try and find him. He's, there's a scene in the alley. And there's a poster. There's a, a lot of posters of Sutter Kane. And he starts picking at it. And it, it, I don't didn't get understand what was going on there. And then he goes around the corner, and there's a cop beating a guy. Just beating, beating the living shit out of this guy. Like, like some yeah. fucking hippie, you know. Some... And this isn't even, by the way, this is. I'm pretty sure this is the like the next... Is no, it no, no, no. It's after he starts actually reading Sutter King. Oh, that's so, right. So, so, oh, right, right, you're right. So, yeah, so Sam Neill is... And he goes home and he reads relative... like four books in one night or something like that. Yeah, I know. He's, like, <laughs> he's Bill Cosby speed reading. Uh... Does Bill Cosby speed read? Yeah, he, remember Bill Cosby had the speed reading program in the 80s? No. Was that was that was that a, a bit of his? It's probably to make you fall asleep. Like oh. keep reading fast. So you yeah, get tired, no, I'm gonna asleep. rape you. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay to say, right? Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, was he a hero of yours? So, I know you're a comedian. Was he? Were you, were no, you a Bob? In uh, fact, Bob I, 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 I have been on other podcasts where I have 
fervently, passionately defended the f- how little, uh, how little, how little funny I find. Doesn't make sense. Little funny. How how how, how, how unfunny, unfunny I find Bill Cosby. And I've had I've been, been like all three other comics on the panel are like you're crazy. He's a genius. And I was like, guys, never made me laugh even once. Not even during the Cosby Show. I, I don't think the with the cigar is right. funny. I, it's I never found. Anyways, so. What happens after the, the the guy gets shot? So he goes. No, yeah, he starts reading the books, and then and then he has a, an encounter in the alley with the and the the, the guy uh, the, the the cop says something okay, cryptic well, to him. Well, there's this good something bit actually. Cryptic. There's a good bit when he's I reading. I wrote it down. He's reading the Sutter Kane novel, and uh, he's talking to his agent or somebody, or he's talking to his his boss or something, and he says like, "Yeah, you know, it's trashy, but." It's well written. It's well written. It, it kind of well, kind of affects you a bit, and that's the first bit. Like it's, I I do love the slow burn of mm-hmm. of Sam Neill. Like when he goes fucking nuts, like you believe that mm-hmm. he has reason to go nuts yeah. because at every single stage he has been resistant and no rational. Through the whole, through the, whole through the whole movie, it's a scam. It's all a setup. It's yeah. a, it's pro- it's all publicity for his new book. That's right. So he's reading a book, and I think he has a horror. Oh yeah, he f- now, does he, he does he fall asleep and he is this where we have the dream in a well, dream? Well, thing? He, yeah, because because uh, all of a sudden he he's back in the alley and he's poking at the poster and, and he goes around the corner and the cops beating the guy, but the cops on the cop he's like this grotesque pig man. Okay, well no, there's two dreams. The first the f- wait a minute, hold on. When he when they, when he first saw the cop beating the guy up, was that a dream or was that reality? I think that was reality. Okay, so yeah. in reality, he's walking home one day, and he sees this guy getting the snot beaten out of him by this, by this cop mm-hmm. in this alley, and there are Sutter Kane posters everywhere, yeah. and then he goes cause, home. Because, you know, the best place to advertise is in an alley, <laughs> for, like, for books, movies, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I've been to the downtown east side a million times. Never... Well, you know, I'm just picturing the guy who's doing the posters, like, fuck this, I'm just going to put these posters up here. Like there's like you, a like space a, right here. Like when you're a kid, and you're he's supposed taking... to deliver flyers, you just dump them into just, the fucking ravine? Exactly, into yeah. the river, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways... <laughs> So then he goes, yeah, so then he has a dream, and God, this seems so sporadic, but I'm pretty sure this is actually how how the story goes. He, he has a dream, and this time the cop... He's like a deformed, gross pig man. Horrible and, pig monster yeah. man. Yeah, he looks like Steve Bannon in a cop <laughs> yeah, uniform. Yeah, on a, yeah, a, a good day. <laughs> it could have been Steve Bannon, actually. And then he starts pulling the... The poster away again, and this time I think he sees his own face. Was that was it him? Because it was hard to tell. Because it was like an advertisement for, for so he didn't pull it completely away because you weren't too sure what it is. Yeah. Um, and then, but then he has a dream within a dream. Yeah. Because he wakes up, and then the pig man's beside him on the couch. And he, oh yeah. yeah, and then he wakes up, and I was like, "Do it again, do it again, please!" Yeah, one more time. Nobody ever goes for the the triple the, the whammy, triple, the, the waking up, waking yeah. up, waking up. Yeah. Like nobody like ever does one. that. Was it? Was it? Was there? Was there a triple whammy in that movie? No, was it just, it was, a, it was just, a, just a, double, a double whammy? It was just a double whammy. Do you remember how many whammies there were there, Alex? So just two? I don't remember. Yeah. But it was a double. I love they, they. Each one of them tripped me out. I yeah. is the best. <laughs> it is the best. I always fucking fall for it too. He looks at the. He's got all of Sutter Kane's books. He's ta- yeah, this is where he's reading the book and he's talking to whoever and uh, he's like, nah, nah, it's just, you know, uh, I'll figure it out. It, it, this, is a, this is a grift in the system. It's, it's right. a ripoff. I'm sure it is. He has like all six of his books 
and he sees something in them. And he starts cutting. Oh, yeah, he, he makes a nice collage. He makes this collage, and he yeah. calls it a map. And I'm like, but... Like, it, I know, how the fuck is that a map? And well, what does it even look like? It looks like, like anything. That how do you know where to cut? made no sense to me. It how made no sense. That out? No. But that's not a complaint on my part. No, me either. Not a big deal. It made no um, sense I, to no. me, but it kind of made sense. It, he, so he's looking at these... Imagine you've got six Stephen King novels on your desk, and they've all got like these weird paintings. I know, I'll make a map out of the covers. No, but there's no map. Like, no, like, there isn't. Like, Even, there's nothing that resembles. He just cuts the. He just cuts randomly. the fucking covers up randomly and yeah. glues them together. And he goes, "Guess what? It's actually a map leading to this no- this non-existent town in the no- middle of fucking no- like Village? Nebraska, no- Hobbs. Hobbs End. Yeah, Hobbs End, yes." But so, but you look at it, it, it. There's nothing. It's just a bunch of there like, is, it, it, like a six year old glued a bunch of shit together. Exactly. Yeah. And it still worked for me though. It really did. It made no sense. But did, at the same time, I kind of was like, okay, this movie, the way the film ended, give it away yeah, we will. So. But the way the film <laughs> ties things together, it makes sense to me that a lot of stuff early on doesn't seem to make sense. Yes. Yes. If that makes any sense. No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. wait. No. Okay, we're, we're hold on, hold on, hold on. This... As long as we're talking about nonsensical sense making. You watched this film and you thought he's some random Joe? No way. Wait, I knew is, already he, he is was a, superstar. a big damn deal. Wait a minute. But, but in, in, in the insurance racket, in the insurance game. That he was going to figure. Because he's integral to the story? Larger. Yeah. Well, not even that. Just it make, Yeah, it just still made sense for me, the direction this film yeah. eventually went and in. It's like it, stuff I, that I, I was scratching I, I, my I head it was over a bit earlier. Of a, I thought it was a bit of a leap of faith, but I was, I was on board with it. But at the same time, you know, we're talking about a movie where this guy, <laughs> even by this point, it made sense for me because we, we're talking about a film where he's dragged into a mental institution in the very beginning. And it's he's oh, sitting down yeah, with David okay, Warner okay. and the whole discussions along the lines of let me tell you how I got here. It still made sense to me, even if he was just losing his marbles and cutting stuff like I, before. I realized he was putting together a map. It more or less reminded me of the old cliche where someone's cutting up the bats, like the endless bat cutouts. You know, like a crazy person. He's he's got the map and he's uh, he's him and Styles are hitting the road to go find uh, uh, Sutter Kane and Nobs yeah. Hobbs and wherever they're. The hob, the hobnoblin, yeah. goblin. They're, I they're, thought they're, the two of them had great chemistry they, from and, the beginning. And, 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 and yeah. This this leads to one of my favorite scenes in the movie when they're driving. She's she's sound asleep. They're driving. Yeah. They're lost. And then he's like, he looks around and he wants to wake her up. So what does he do? He reaches in the glove box. And for some reason, there's a horn I know. in the glove box. <laughs> an air horn. Yeah. <laughs> no, I wish it was an air horn. It was, it was an, an air horn. No, if it was an air horn, it would have been hilarious because air horns are insanely loud. True. But it's just one of those ones where you squeeze and go. And she wakes up furious. I can't believe you blew a horn when I was sleeping in your car. But you know what? I loved it. That again, that moment totally. When I. That, no, that, no, that no, endears you to the character. Because I, I actually wrote both yeah, of them. When I watched that scene, yeah. I actually wrote here: he's a jerk. Because <laughs> he's that's a to- the, he's a total jerk. That's only the, a jerk would no, do no, no, that. No, 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 no. I, I would have written: he, he has been a jerk up until this point. But yeah, he's all right. Yeah. Like, like anybody who gives a horn in his glove compartment of a rental and she's car. She's ultimately how do you, well, like do she calls him out on being a jerk, but she's not like totally freaked out about it. Like I like the fact that she's kind of used to the fact that he would blow a horn already. Like she's she was pissed off. The, well, she was pissed off and rightfully so. Nobody but wants to be woke still, up like, no. a good sport about it. Well, it was she, like she threw chips at him. 
at this point, they're still not in Crazy Town yet. No, right? It's getting dark, and then uh, she's driving. And now did because it, he's asleep. Yeah, he's, he's asleep. He's conveniently asleep. With this, that one, this scene kind of uh, annoyed me. You know, you see, you see the oncoming, uh, the oncoming uh, strips on the on the road. Yeah, there's no the road. other cars. And then, then you, and then you see, you, you see some uh, some reflecting lights coming up, and there's a kid riding a bike in the middle of nowhere, yeah. which is really creepy. Yeah, you know, very kids creepy. are creepy. Kids riding bikes are kind of creepy, and kids riding bikes in the middle of the night Late in the middle of nowhere night. are really yeah, creepy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and so she passes them, and and he looks at her, and they don't really. They don't think she says anything, and she's just they keep going, and then uh, a few seconds later, he's he's uh, passing her, passing him again, but he's a. Uh, Old man uh, riding the bike. And old men are creepy. Yeah, Wait, especially long, stringy. And you know what? Yeah. I gotta think maybe. Uh, oh yeah, I'm wondering if there's a link between this and Twin Peaks because uh, he had a very Bob-like quality. He wore denim. Yeah, it, it, that's true. Yeah, like, and also, like he, but to me, he looked like a kid in an old man mask. And like the, the the makeup was pretty, you know. Yeah, but it was by design. It was made yeah. to look that kind of dream quality it wasn't supposed to be a big monster eating the earth no it's i wouldn't like think a, it was a monster but if they made but, it, made it no, actually look like an old man or maybe god no old but man. i think it was it was aiming for surreal kind of dream like and you know it's kind of bogus looking it's a dream quality i thought that really worked like you have to be like a monster that's going to be chasing no no the no it was movie. cool that's why i, I loved, loved about that. it i thought, I, I, thought, I, thought it was, I thought it was great so she passed him again he says something as, as he ride by like, yeah what was he, it she says he won't let me leave Oh yeah, and that was super creepy. That was super creepy. And then the next thing, she runs over him, and he still, flies over and the s- still, Samuel still asleep. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Okay, so he was conveniently asleep. Yeah, yeah, it was <laughs> it was like one of those convenient being asleep kind of things because she well, was not at all. They're taking turns. Well, well she, he she, she woke no, her but, up but she was experienced the, the the creepy weirdness. As soon as I saw I, a kid I, in the bike, I'm like, ah, oh, there's a kid in the bike. Like, it's the middle of the night. Wake up, <laughs> yeah, Samuel. Yeah, yeah. Hey, where's that horn? Yeah, where's the get yeah. the horn? At? Yeah, true. The horn. So now we're getting into. I you're, loved you're, you're, her eye work in these scenes, by the way. Yeah. The she, look she, of she, terror she, she yeah. gave off. Yeah. Yeah. So they get out of the car, and then the bike's laying there. He's all twisted on the ground. And it's weird, because she goes to the bike, and she looks at the bike, and all of a sudden he's not there, and he's behind her, and then he's riding off again. Yeah. Like, it was just... Was, well, because, yeah. because Sutter Kane won't let him leave. No. It was, it was really cool and, and really creepy. And so I was, I was saying to Alex earlier... I don't remember much of the, about this movie from when I first watched it, but then as soon as that happened, it's like, oh yeah, the kid on the bike is so creepy. Oh, then she gets back in the car, and then they're driving along, and the road falls away, and she's flying through the. She she rolls the window down again. Sam Neill. Oh, that, that, I love that scene too. Great yeah. Moment. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, she doesn't say anything to him. Yeah, <laughs> she looks down, and there's like it's like sky and there's like the clouds cars. beneath so the car. Awesome. Yeah. And I think she's about to say something, and then all of a sudden they wind up on that covered bridge. Yeah. They go through the covered bridge. It's like some weird bridge. time tunnel kind of thing. Now the covered bridge. So it has been night when they're flying, and, and then all of a sudden, and, and all of a sudden, it's Shazam! Yeah. Boom! It's it's like it's it's the morning. They're and, in, and they're, they're in, they're in Hobbs, Hobbs, Hobbs Creek, End. Hobbs End. Hobbs End. They're in Calvin, Calvin and, and Hobbs. And then, and then Samuel wakes up. Like, oh, yeah, oh, we're here. I, and of course, a bit of a creepy town. There's nobody around, and they go to the the. I don't know how they knew that there's a hotel or an inn because it's like it's pretty hard to find. It's no. He actually says, uh, there are lots, there are, oh, come on, there are plenty of forgotten towns across America. <laughs> and like, even in 95, I don't think there are any. No. Anyway, he goes, what does that mean, forgotten He goes, towns? well, there's, there's, there's no Hobbs End on this map, right? He goes, well, a new map, yeah, but maybe an old map. There's plenty of forgotten towns <laughs> in America. So his suggestion is that 
town towns places just cease to exist from maps with every printing of of the map of the United States well, of America. They do. No, no, they, they don't. don't. Not quite the way <laughs> Look, you're spooving it right now. I mean, spoofing, it's towns towns get renamed. Yeah, but they don't disappear. They don't cease to Trump. exist. Well, unless, unless, hey, well, hey, look on a modern map right now. Do you see the word Soviet Union? Oh, that <laughs> could disappear. Sure as fuck a town it can. It didn't disappear. It just had a different name. It yeah, but that's all exist. he means. That's all that's he not means. What it's I don't know. I, 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 I didn't get that. No, 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 that's no, no, no. The thing Alex, I got you are too. so wrong about this one. <laughs> no, not at all, man. I know you're defensive you're, you're about, been, about your precious right in the mouth of... This is the most contentious episode we've done yet. I love it. No, but seriously. Again, like the- it worked for me. I know. And he was also, too, I'm expecting obsessive, over-the-top behavior from this guy. This piece skepticism. To be- this is not because, what he's... No, no, yeah, no, but no, we're no. talking about a guy who's ended up in a mental institution. Yeah, right? but he's not there yet. He's and, there and, in the opening scene. At this point, yeah, we know he ends up there. So, I know but, that. But, but the thing is, he's he not be- nuts. The story begins yeah. there. I know that, but I'm still expecting... I still don't think he's nuts. There well, are not- I'm still expecting over-the-top behavior There are not plenty... He says plenty... Sorry. His quote, plenty of forgotten towns across yes. America. There are not plenty of forgotten sure towns. Are. How do you forget a town? It's a t- people, if the people are still living there, I'm pretty sure it's the, still a town. I'm pretty sure the tax Yeah, but he's talking about towns that aren't, that have been, been abandoned? renamed or are ghost but he towns. But he didn't say Jindabine. that. Hey, man. Why you you love Jindabine that movie, Jindabine? I do like that movie. That movie, and that, there's a town that ended up underwater. Oh. I think it said a lot. I really thought that was a, a plausible. No. Okay. Cool. Sorry, I open, I open, I open a can of worms. I open Anyways, let's, let's put the lid on those worms. So, so now, we'll, so we'll now eat, they're we'll in, eat them later, maybe after we're done. It's yeah. such a creepy town. So, so the, so it's, not that, it's not that creepy. It's just abandoned. Yeah, it's just so creepy. There's leaves it. blowing all over it's the place. Broad. Although, even like when they're driving around, Samuel's still not buying it. You know, they're in this yeah. town that there's nobody in. Well, yeah. it's spoofing. What's the... Famous fictitious town of uh, fictional town of Stephen King's was oh Castle no Rock. He, Castle Rock is Castle a real Rock place, the, no I don't think it is I think it is no uh, he I think oh, he has a lot of, uh, all the stories basically takes place take place in Maine or close of to course there, of New course. England well, but, it, but uh, Castle Rock Castle is, is, an, is the main one, one. again it, it takes place in Derry and I also thought too well I know that but it's like Salem's Lot takes place in Salem's Lot well of course of no I mean I know there's real but it's um. But I just mean it's sort of spoofing that thing as well. And it's also about, like, I think Sam Neill's figuring out a composite of, of characters. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So, so they're driving around and, and they check into the hotel, right? They're checking the yeah. hotel with the creepy old lady. Creepy old lady. And for some reason, I, I wrote down that Samuel hates antiques. He's a, he's aghast at all the antiques in the in the place. He hates antiques. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't the, quite remember that. I do. I, 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 I wrote it down, so I must. Maybe, maybe, no, I, maybe no, I dreamt no, no, no. it. So I the don't painting, know. yeah. I remember he had a. The painting was fucking awesome. I love the yeah, painting. I love yeah. the painting. Uh, the, for, like for me in movies, um, there's a movie called uh, Shudder. It's a, I think it's a Thai horror film. And it's about photographs uh, that when you look at it, they change. And to me, that's always oh, freaking me out in movies. Terrifying. Always terrifying. And so when that painting, that would change. Like there'd be when she turn around and look at it, and it'd be a different scene. The people would be di- like different poses. Yeah, and I stuff. hate that. The, uh, so it's creepy. So scary. Yeah. There's an episode of Night Gallery as well from the '70s with Roddy McDowell mm. commits murder, and then a painting in the house that he's murdered to get control. It's of like the picture of Gary Gray. changing. It's yeah. like the guy's coming back from the grave to get him, and cool. he sees oh, wow. it changing. Oh, really? Stephen That's cool. King. That's a night gallery, and that it reminded wow. me of that. Yeah. But as the as the movie unfolds, this particular painting in the lobby of the hotel just gets more and more yeah. fucked up. And and I, I, he still thinks it's a scam. He still but, thinks but everything's a scam. At this point, it's, it still could be a scam. Yeah. 
I mean, it's yeah. not until he's presented well, with. That's a it's a long way to go for a scammer for, for well, some it is, publicity. But- Sorry. But seriously, there's a tradition, especially in film noir, where there are super convoluted scans. Or even I thought of again this guy. This movie was so self-reflexive about movies and stuff. This too, I'm thinking, okay, this this character John Trent has watched The Sting. Now I don't mean the room The Sting hey. for anyone out there, but where there's these super elaborate scans. I love the I long can, con. I, I, know, I, love I didn't the long feel con. this movie was going in that direction. Like I totally thought this movie was going to go directly into something insane, but. Watching this, I'm thinking to myself, this guy is someone who's like, yeah, if in his world is a fictional character, he could have seen the sting. And yeah. There's actually even a traditional oh, well, movie, well, 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 the thing is, Vertigo, it, it, where there's a ridiculous. Well, I, I, don't, I don't even think. I don't even think that because I think just because the, the nature of his work. It? Well, yeah. the, the nature of his work. He's he he comes up with people who are trying to scam him all the time. So all he the thinks time, yeah. it's a scam. You, you know, but he, he, there's a point where you sort of you gotta stop me when when she, when she when she turns around and says like uh, there's a and if you look out the window there's a giant uh, castle with you know yeah. a big black castle with a uh, golden teats on the top or something yeah yeah so at this point she is convinced uh that they're actually in a sutter kane novel yeah she's 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 she's, he thinks it's a scam and it's interesting because at the beginning of their relationship she's kind of she doesn't like smoking there's a lot of smoking Uh, oh but there's uh, so much smoke that there was a film noir like quality to uh, to, to, well yeah the suit and the smoking in the office and and smoking everywhere especially that early scene where he's uh, exposing the fraud committed by the first guy that's totally film did noir. any of you guys think yeah. of double indemnity in that scene I didn't I, well, not, not that specifically it, 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 it's but one of my favorite era. movies and I did not I didn't think because I was like the smoking the plus the I'm an insurance uh, I'm, a, like right. a, I'm an insurance guy and all that like I was like oh he's like uh, Fred what's his name in the, Fred McMurray he's like Fred McMurray god I love that movie you like the hoppy I'll have one of those oh okay thanks uh, the Pilsner's not really yeah, that yeah, hoppy he, again it was like it's like we have our period at the same time. We're all drinking beer at the same time. Yeah, we've been working it's together exactly a the same. It's exactly the same. Why were, oh, yeah, so smoke. What the, what the hell were we talking about? Anyways, uh, so let's, let's get back to the movie here. So they've seen the giant castle church thing. Oh, right, yeah. And, and so they're on their <coughs> way there. And they, they, they go there. And this is when we're introduced to Sutter Kane. Should we bring up the, um, uh, the old lady? What, what is significant? Oh, yeah, the old lady was awesome. I love yeah. the old lady. I forgot about the old lady. There's this nice old lady who runs the hotel. Mm-hmm. Well, in, in, so in, Styles says, you know, th- that's the old lady from the Sutter Kane novel. Yeah. And, and Sam Neill says, are you crazy? In, in, in the novel, uh, he, she chops her husband up into coleslaw. That woman couldn't do yeah, that. Yeah, okay, coleslaw. Coleslaw. Like chops up. Like, oh, that, that's an odd. Grating. Yeah, you don't chop coleslaw with an axe. Yeah. You know, well, I, I love the coleslaw analogy and then he brings up she wouldn't even you know dunk her dentures into his beer or maybe that's oh, yeah, that, all she's capable yeah, of that, that was which really, i thought good, would be a really great prank if you're one senior citizen who happens to wear dentures and you oh. want to get <laughs> oh, back I, at someone that's a pretty put, neat way put, to get you, back. put your teeth disgusting. in someone's if we're still drinking yeah, together in 30 disgusting. years you don't yeah, thirty. Um, and yeah, and it pulls back, and uh, they go upstairs, and it pulls back, and you see that like the husband is indeed well, tied well, up. Well, this was a, this was later on in the well, movie. No, he's well, handcuffed to her ankle. But this, this was later on. This is when he goes back to the I hotel. This was the first. No, no, no. This is this is about about 10, 15, 20 minutes later when he goes back to the hotel because he hears these weird noises going, 
and uh, and like behind the desk is a, her naked husband handcuffed to her leg. It's pretty great, and she keeps kicking him. And uh, and uh, Sam Neill is like, uh, I caught. If we really were in this novel, if I opened these curtains here, we would see a a, 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 a big a ch- black castle, a, a, ch- a church. And, yeah. and he opens it. It's a barn, and she's like, "It's west, you idiot." Yeah. And then she opens the curtains, and there is indeed the church. And then there's right? and then there's the so, scary synth music. So yeah. what do they do? They, they get in the car there. and they drive to that. Well, that's church. what I would do. Yeah. And what happens when they get to the church? Well, Sutter Kane opens up the doors. First, there's, there's a, a little boy, and the lynch mob arrives. Oh, the, yeah. oh yeah, there's a, a lynch mob. That's right. Well, the, the first there's nobody. They get they get there, and uh, and, she, and she's like, I know what happens because I've read this book. We gotta hmm. get the fuck out of here right now. Wow. And all these locals start start right. pulling up, and they've got guns. All oh, right, the boy and the boy and the door. The doors keep opening and closing on the boy. Yeah, I, I kept expecting something something that like every time it opened, hit him in the face. Or, or no, I, it, would, it would close, and then it open again, and he'd be like this figure to be like a monster or something. I was, that's what I was waiting for. But then uh, Sutter King is introduced, and with with, so with lightning and with like it's there's this one guy with a shotgun who's who's who's, who's who wants his son back? That's just the, the and, boy. The, and the kid won't cross. The little boy won't cross the threshold because he's all fucked up. Because all the kids in this town are fucked up. They're totally fucked up. Totally fucked up. Which is the the one thing I remember from this movie is like the creepy kids. Yeah. And then the kids. doors keep closing and opening, and closing and opening, and then eventually they open, and, and it's Sutter Kane, who is played by Jürgen Proshnow. Jürgen, I, I, yeah. What was he in? Jürgen Proshnow. Uh, das Boot. Oh, you're right. He's the, the the captain in Das Boot. Yeah, I, um, I, I think they should have just called uh, Sutter of Kane Jurgen Proshnow. Way, way better, better name, yeah. yeah, totally. And he's got the most '90s hair I've ever fucking seen. Yeah, he's seen. got some good '90s I, hair. I'm loving me yeah. some. He's Jürgen got that, that, that Craig Craigie face, and uh, he's a it's just, he's yeah, he was a he was a good choice for like an iconic he did the big bad kind of guy in this movie. I think because he look he looks awesome and he's kind of scary and and a yeah. lot of big scary like well known bad guys have bad hair like. Donald Trump and stuff. Yeah. There's <laughs> so a long tradition of bad that. hair. Imagine Donald with, Trump was in this movie with as, as Jurgen Proshnow, as Sutter well, Kane. Well, with what's his name, the Doctor, he kind of was. Yeah. Because of the Gremlins too, the new batch. Right, right, right. Yeah. Anyways, anyways, so, so yeah, so okay, so now at this point, Sam Neill's like, "Oh my God, that's Sutter Kane," mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, uh, Styles is like, "No, no, we gotta get the fuck out of here. Let's get out of here, so Styles." Right? And so I'm starting to think at this point is where. Is where Trent is starting to consider that maybe this isn't all. An I don't know. Scene. I think he's. I, I think. I, like maybe. No, actually, I have written before just that they got there. It's like thinks it's still a scam. Like, <laughs> but and then so so what does uh, Jurgen Prosh now do? He releases the hounds. Oh, those all, fucking all horrible the, the Dobermans. Dobermans. Yeah. Dober, yeah. Dobermans are sweet dogs. You know they get such a bad rap in the movies. Like the, I remember watching the, the opening movie called, credits of Benson. Oh yeah, Benson. Well, well, well the, the TV sitcom and really, the 80s, with, uh, he's running with, away from Dobermans. Is he outside the governor's <laughs> house? And, no, no, that was the that joke. Scared the shit out no, of No, the joke kid. was that Benson could never get into the house without being chased by the dogs. So in yeah. every episode, whenever he was at the door, like Benson would come running through the door, and the dogs. Robert Gilliam, I believe his name was. Like Nowadays yeah. they would say it's racist that oh the dogs are chasing the black guy. Yeah, you know. Because they actually didn't chase anyone else in the show when you think about it. <laughs> I never anyway, so, the, so the, the hounds of hell have been released and mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. And of blah. course they run it. And you know when, when uh, movie dogs always attack people, it's always right here, right in the forearm. That's where yeah. they always attack the forearm. It's never the throat. No, never the throat, yeah, never the like the, you know, the balls, you know, yeah. the back of the neck. The forearm, it's the old cliche call about like flesh wound. You know? Well, it's because, you know, when dogs are trained for that, they've, they, they're trained attack because they wrap all the stuff. Like it's the easiest thing to get in the I found mouth. the dog attack moments really gruesome and creepy. 
I this really movie? like this scene. Uh, yeah, I, and I, the I, dog I, attacks, I, even uh, though they were Dobermans, like the dog attacks, like tackling each person. No, no, no. Before the pit bull came along, the Doberman was the scariest dog on the uh, like yeah. on the block. Yeah, Dobermans are sweet, sweet dogs. This is where the plot starts it's to go, all go crazy. Over the you know, I've got place. I've, I've got notes that don't make any yeah. sense anymore. I maybe I maybe I've been reading By too the much. Way, at this point, I was thinking like, why hasn't the editor of this film gotten the acclaim that they deserve? And I believe the editor's name was you did Edward. Make notes. You, you made notes. You made what? Your notes. It's on a fucking receipt. <laughs> Edward. For the, for, for the pot clinic. Yeah. It's not for the pot clinic. I tore this from receipt paper at the Rio because I was working at the Rio tonight. Oh, it's, still, it's the size of a baseball card. Edward, I got three pages of notes. Edward Wershika. Yeah, what I wrote down was Julie Carmen, Michael DeLuca, who wrote it, and right. Edward Wershika. Mm. I think I'm mispronouncing it. He's the editor. Oh, yeah. Okay. The editing of this film blew no, me he, away. He, he had yeah. to make sense of this. Yeah. Made sense of a lot of nonsensical stuff, and then uh, so they go back to the hotel. Now, at some point, he goes to the bar, and, then, and I wrote, I wrote here. There's an awkward come on. Do they have like uh, they have an awkward? Oh no, she's she's fully. Oh, all of a sudden, she attacks him with no, her no, mouth. No, no, she wants him to stay. They're in the hotel. They go at the hotel, and and he's like, "This is all a total lot of shit, sweetheart. I'm out of here." And she's like, like a Humphrey Bogart? And she just grabs him and starts smooching him. Yeah, like really awkwardly like, gross. Because she's, she's like, look, this is bigger than your stupid um, job and, and, and your stupid insurance thing. Like this isn't a scam. So did, and furthermore, this is a weird supernatural uh, uh, threat to mankind. We have to stay here in Hobbs End and destroy. But is, is, this, is this part of the book? Because all, well, it is. Well, it's all part of the okay. Uh, spoiler. But, why even wait to the end? The whole thing is part of the fucking book. Or is? Well, it? we've already mentioned it a couple times. Ab- okay, either he's nuts. No, we've never really come out and said that the big twist is that like well, okay, everything no, has well, been well, well, orchestrated. Well, no, because like in the scene, in the scene in the hotel scene before it, she goes in the book. This happens, and there's in the so she's read. It's in the book. The old lady kills the guy in the book. Uh, yeah, you, yeah. you can see the the castle or the church from the window. Okay, she she reveals to uh, Sam Neil that is she in the book then? Well, yeah, they're all in the book. So what is? Whoa, whoa this is my mind, man. It's we're it's we're like, in the book. Wow, are we in the book right now? Probably. But, it's the but, Matrix but, before the Matrix. No, 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 no. We're in like the Matrix three. Oh no, I don't like, want to be in the Matrix. Three. Hey, the don't worst. you dare! That's, that's don't you dare one. compare this film to that. <laughs> so this is her last. This is the last scene that you get with her where she's still herself, because she's saying, "Look, I know what's going on. It's getting more and more fucked up. I'm mm-hmm. worried about us, and I'm worried about the world." Yeah. And he's still like, I'm out of here, sweetheart. Because he thinks it's a and then, scam. And then she, she just grabs him and kisses him because she's, she's, really, she's, really she's, she's throwing everything at him like, I'll, I'll fuck you if you help me save the yeah. world. So, but again, I could so see. She, so he goes in the washroom or something and she takes his keys so he can't drive away. And then, and then, doesn't she go off on, on this weird adventure where she meets Sutter Kane, and then she's fully possessed? I don't remember that. Well, yeah, something similar to that. I, I remember but this I remember movie was really hard again. to keep track of at this point. Yeah, yeah. But I, again, not well, a put they, down they, to they, the they, film. No, no, that, that's, that's why it's so, so good. They, 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 yeah. There's a scene when a whole bunch of kids yeah. run by and they're chasing, chasing a dog, and they're kind of creepy. She but she, she sees them, but he doesn't. He doesn't even say anything. Well, she and and they get into this fight, and they split up. And he goes to the bar, as men do. Mm. And then she goes... To the bar! I, I don't know where she's... I think she's going to go and confront Sutter Kane or something. And there's all of these kids. And this is the bit that stuck in my head. And I've actually never forgotten in the 20-some-odd years since I originally saw it. 
she gets surrounded by these kids, and they're all like seven, eight years old, and and, and they've all got like weird. They're all fucking eyes. gross. They're, 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 they're gross looking monsters. little kids. But then yeah. there's the one with the weird little fat face with like the fangy teeth yeah. and the horrible eyes, and just goes, "You're my mommy." Oh right. Do you know what day it is? It's mommy's day, <laughs> and like that <laughs> has stayed with me my entire adult and life. So you one of the, one of the scariest out, things yeah. I've ever seen. You've in a movie. never been able to celebrate Mother's Day ever since, have you? Oh, I have. You didn't even call your mom. I, I try to exp- no, forget it. Yeah, but she reacts in a, in a stra- <laughs> she, strangely calm around. She, around I, this. I, I, I wrote. I wrote down that, that that the kid looked like a little Groot, a little Groot, a little. From the, you know the, the Guardians of the Galaxy I like, movies. I know, I know who Groot is. You know is, who Groot is? Yeah, the little, Groot's, little Groot's, tree guy. Groot's awesome. Not, yeah, no, not but, a horrifying monster. Child. I mean, actually, no, maybe there was something else that looked like a little Groot. There's a little, little gross-looking Groot that came out at some point. Am I wrong in <laughs> saying that? And see, th- 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 this movie just gets crazy and goes off the rails. Well, it gets and, crazy. Uh, so then, I may have dreamt that. So then, Sam Neil goes to the bar, and and it just so happens the only uh, only other guy in the bar is is the dude with the shotgun yeah. from from the church. Yeah. And then who sh- who is played by and this, um, some guy Wilhelm von Homburg. Oh, great name! Who, who plays uh, Simon? Who si- <laughs> Yeah, who, but who also played uh, the main baddie in Ghostbusters too? No one saw that. <laughs> Maybe I'm the only one in this room of the I, three of us. Who actually, saw I did see 2. it. I don't. I remember zero. Anyways, he, he was cast. He was cast in Ghostbusters too because they needed someone who could look terrifying as a painting. And by all accounts, like Bill Murray and everybody on Ghostbusters 2 were terrified of this actor. Oh, really? Like nobody wanted to be around him. Because wow. apparently he's crazier than a shithouse rat. And we all know how crazy a shithouse rat can oh, be. Oh, I know. Yeah. They're the craziest yeah. of the rats. They're the ones who write the books for the rats that drive all the other rats crazy. Well, this is this, this movie has layers. So, so he's sitting in the bar. and Is this where he blows his brains yeah. out? And this is finally... When Sam Neill comes to the realization this might not be a scam. This, might this, this, this be is happening. not a publicity stunt anymore when the guy blows his brains out in front of him in the bar. Yeah, that, that is the point. Because the guy says, I, and I can't stop myself. Because, oh, yeah. And there's, there's a great line where um, Sam Neill is like, this makes no sense. It's, it's not reality. Or, or we live in reality. You're doing a terrible Sam Neill. Well, his, ac- like, his, his accent is impossible to fake. It's like a Burl Ives or something you're doing. I'm not... <laughs> wow, keep it fresh. I'm Maybe. thinking Mo from The Simpsons. <laughs> oh, I love Mo from The Simpsons. So Anyways, no, but he says, he says this is reality. And, th- and then Wilhelm von Homburg mm. uh, says reality isn't what it used to be, which I think is a real – that should have been that's, – That's a good line. The poster – and then he blow, blows his own fucking brains out. His own brains out. Yes. Yes. So then Sam Neill runs out of the well, bar. Well, I think they, I think he goes back to the ho- the, the hotel, the um, the castle church thing, and then uh, this is when the sort of things start to go down. There's a, <laughs> I actually after I wrote down uh, pulsating sweaty door little Groot, I have still doesn't believe it. <laughs> so he's he's after the guy shoots himself in the head, blows his brains out. He goes back to the, the, the church. There's a giant door where Jurgen Prussia says like, there's, there's like the, the other dimension full of monsters are going to take over the earth and eat everybody. Mm. And still, no, Sam no, no, Neill no, no, is no, no, like, no. Okay, so, I don't know. But there, what about the bit when he's in the car and she's got the keys and, and all of the t- townsfolk now have like literally have torches and pitchforks? Mm-hmm. And are surrounding the car. <laughs> the, the, the only thing I the only thing I wrote she about she eats keys. She, she eats she eats, eats the, the keys. Keys the keys. That's right. The only thing I wrote about that scene was he's not wearing a seatbelt. 
That's all. That's, that's, that's yeah. you know. and I love how he <laughs> tries to drive away from the town folks and meets up with them again. He keeps, 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 keeps. Oh, it's, it's great! Like, yeah, it's like, a, it's like it. Twilight Zone. Circles. I'm totally like cheering yeah. on the movie at yeah. this point. Yeah, me too. And, and then and, and and she's in the passenger seat and, he, and he's like, "Okay, lady, or okay, honey, or hey, friend, <laughs> this is what, we're getting the hell out of here." But this is this is after they punch each other in the face. Oh yeah! God, that was great. <laughs> he, he punches her. She punches him. They punch each other in the face. No, she punches this. him first, and then he punches, he punches her, yeah. and it knocks renders her unconscious, and he puts her in the passenger seat. Right. And he's like, "Great!" And then he gets, this, gets in the after, car after she, and she was faking it. She wasn't really unconscious. Right. So then they drive through the townsfolk. They crash. She's like a contortionist. Like her oh, that was all, awesome. That, 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 spider walk. Spider walk from the Exorcist. Yeah, so yeah. good. Yeah. It looked so, it was so fucking and good. Even, even when she and turned around, her head. It looked better than the Spider Walk from the well, Exorcist. Well, because well, the Exorcist was also 1972. It's true. So uh, jumping back to in the middle of the madness, I think that scene did better than the much. I, I I agree. I totally agree. I, I thought was, I thought it was great. Time. So does the kid on the bike come by? Like because. Uh, I think I think the kid in the bike reappears, or the old man in the. I don't remember. Oh no! She, doesn't she ride off on the back of the bike at some point? I think so. No, uh, she rides past him. But doesn't she ride off on the bike at some point? But you don't see her ride away on it. I thought but she rides yeah. past him, or and, he drives past them, and he follows her to the church, still trying to save her. And I'm pretty sure at this point he's he's convinced that this is all finally <laughs> like, finally convinced maybe. that this might just be happening. This might happen. <laughs> Pat he blacks out and he wakes up in the confession booth, and the father confessor is Sutter Kane. And that, well, for for some reason he wants to open the portal to another world. Like it's mm-hmm. very very Lovecraftian in that point. Window it's full of monsters. So yeah, there's a, a great line by uh, Sutter Kane. He says. I think, therefore, you are. That's it right. sort of sort of sums up the whole movie right there. Beer. Is that, just, well, is that, is that, is that, that was that the last beer? That is the last one. How'd that happen? Am I gonna have to buy more than twelve beers for these podcasts? I think so. I think so. Or maybe we should just maybe cut them down to uh, well, the, yeah, the less pod, than four hours. The podcast could be shorter. Yeah. I would like to talk about the special effects because there's a scene where Samuel opens a door and it's he just sees like some empty room or whatever and he closes it and he opens it like very quickly within reason. And nowadays they would have a green screen and it would just be like oh a different room. Mm-hmm. It's like the one room closes the door, opens it, and it's another room. But they actually redressed. They had like a fucking staff of people coming in and and of set designers. Basically taking down one set and then creating another one. In, in real time. In real time. In the way that like Michel Gondry might do, you know? The set that, that he opens up to is, is Sutter Kane sitting at a desk with uh, uh, one of his dogs. Mm-hmm. And the dog runs off to the left. It took 17 takes of that. To get the dog, really? Because the dog kept going the wrong direction. Stupid dog. You can't change an entire set. They can if the set that they're replacing it with is a desk with a dog and Sutter Kane sitting there with some creepy, like, breathing walls. They, <laughs> this is how they did it. This I've is a miracle all... of filmmaking. Yeah, but Why not... are you even doubting this? Because I, because I think the miracle of filmmaking is not what you think it is. I... It's one take. Well, like, you can tell it's one take. Like, the, no, the, what the, I mean the, is there's the, no, the, there's, there's, the, there's the no cut. Movies. Sam Neill has a line. He opens the door. He looks through. He turns around. They keep talking. They, they, at no point do they cut. There's no they cut? open the door again, and it's a completely different well, fucking room. Well, it's, a, it, it's a really impressive WC... scene. Okay, we haven't even talked about how the little old lady turned into a giant tentacle monster. Oh, right. Sutter Kane rips himself apart like a piece of paper. Mm, like a book. Like a book. Oh. And then... The monsters start chasing yeah. uh, Sam, uh, Neil. Sam Neil through this portal between. Maybe it was the uh, maybe he's told to return to reality with the book. Yeah, right. Because he's got to bring it, and he he tries to destroy the book. 
Yeah. But it comes back so to him. It's, it's delivered to him in the real world or whatever the real world. Well, he, yeah, he, he winds up living in some motel. Yeah. He leaves it at the side <laughs> of the highway. He appears on the highway. He he travels back through the tunnel to the so-called real world. Where's Styles at this point? Did we lose Styles? She's, she's lost. lost. She's lost. She, she turned into well, a she monster. Well, crab monster. He, he yeah. kind of implied, and he says later in the movie, she was written out of the story, remember? Well, that? yeah. Oh, right. But anyway, he, gets, he goes through the tunnel, gets back to the so-called real world. Another kid comes along on a bicycle. He asks the kid if he's ever heard of this fictitious town. He says, the kid says no. And the kid's like, it looks like you've been in an accident. He says he has been. Sam Neill says yeah, yeah, that yeah. he mm-hmm. himself has been in an accident. But he walks away. He leaves the manuscript on the highway. Then he checks into that motel, and that's when it gets delivered back. Right. To him. I thought he burned it or something. Like that. He takes the delivered he... copy and burns it oh, page by did, did page. He, did he poop on it? Was there the, am I thinking no, no, he's burning it in the toilet to prevent else. like okay. a big. He doesn't he, want to burn the motel down. He he checks, no, yes. Yeah, so what's funny is he, ch- he checks in the motel and he's like, oh, what a day I've had. And then. <laughs> Gosh darn it. Then he sleeps and then, and then when he, he checks out and the guy's like, oh, because uh, it's not a hotel, it's a motel. So you have to make a point of going into that little office. It's mm. not like a hotel where you walk past the lobby whenever right, you want right. to leave the building. And the, this teenager's like, Oh, are you uh, Sam? Are you uh, Sam Neil? Uh, this came for you, John Trent. <laughs> and John Trent. Well, I am right? Sam Neil. And he's like, and he's like, no one knew it was here. And the kid's like, well, yeah. Well, anyways, here's this here. obvious manuscript. Sam thing. Neils are getting really terrible. No offense. What I could never figure out was why they bothered have hi- having him check in and then sleep, and then why didn't they just he had to sleep when he got to the motel? It would have been way scary if the book was waiting for him when he got mm, there. Yeah, oh, under no, the covers, no. maybe on the pillow. I liked it showing up when he after he but slept because he, he think he's gonna loses sleep it, it all on this off. teenager. He's like, "Where'd this fucking book come from, you little shit?" And he's gonna <laughs> kill him. thinking it's a scam. He's still thinking. No, he isn't. No, he isn't. I still no, think. No, 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 no. I think at this point he realized it's not a scam. He's seen the monsters. He's been chased by the monsters. He went through he a saw, fucking portal. He's, 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 at he's the saw, same time. Hey, a crab monster. If you went, if you were chased by monsters and had to run through a portal to escape them, would you want to believe it was real? Hell no. I would still try to rationalize it as okay, plus. Maybe. It's also I at this point too. The movie really was a big analogy. Like a guy, because they make numerous references to schizophrenia. And listen, I, oh. I'm, I understand when people get upset about um, movies maybe exploiting mental illnesses or something like that. I didn't get a feeling from this movie at all. But I, from the little bit I know, I mean, I'm not schizophrenic, but the little bit Who's I know that? about it, the little bit I know about it, or what I do know out of it, having you know encountered it here and there, I got. Um, a real vibe it was exploring that state of mind. So it's like he's fighting his own madness at this point. Even okay. as the title. Again, right. this I movie s- I still it thought really it was, worked. I still for me. thought it, it was funny worked, when he yeah. when, when he got all mad at the poor kid who just happens to be working at the shitty motel. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Was, you know, sorry, Mister. I just like, delivered in the mail. Because <laughs> I also got not having seen this before. Part of me was still thinking like, what if this turns out to be. David Fincher's The Game, you know? Oh, right. It's really no. fucking me over. Like That's a game. whole other movie. I like it too, but it's... But again, it's like... I just wouldn't want to believe that but, shit. I would rather wake up the next I, day I have, I, have to be, I have to be honest. Uh, but at this point in the movie, I was getting a little tired, and I started writing some things down. Right I don't know what they mean. Okay. I wrote down cool bus scene. Oh, there a cool oh bus yeah. Scene? That, okay. Oh, brilliant scene it, on a bus. It's a great I scene. Okay, so he gets on this... Oh, right. He, he's asleep on the bus... 
Yeah. And then he has the dreams or whatever. And he wakes no, he up. Des- his- well, he destroys the manuscript. Yeah. So he, he goes into his hotel and he burns every single page. So he does burn it all. Yes. Was this, that was after a- he pooped a- on and it. He, and he doesn't just, uh, he doesn't poop on anything. No. He makes a point of burning every single page of this even, manuscript well, like, and even, not reading any even, of even, it. Even the, the, you know, books have like blank pages at the, be- at the end of the beginning. Do you yeah. burn those? Two? Yeah, even the dedication. Really? Yeah. Just burn it. He burned the fucking dedication. <laughs> Because it's dedicated I, to him. It's dedicated Whoa. to him. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh. And by the way, I've never wanted to read a book more than this book that I they know. keep going on about. Like, I, I want to go If I can read a book, I lose I my mind. I want my eyes to bleed when I read a book. Yeah, yeah. That fake, that shitty, you know, so stage. He, oh, yeah. We didn't bring that up. That, like, throughout this movie, there's people walking around, like, walking down the street, reading <laughs> Sutter Kane with their <laughs> eyes bleeding. <laughs> like, they're walking down the sidewalk. And nobody notices. That. So he takes a greyhound. So his day's not getting better. He's... He, 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 he's talking to a nice old he's lady. He's talking to a nice old lady, and when he wakes up, it's Sutter Kane. And, 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 uh, oh, right. And Sutter Kane says, you still don't believe me. By the way, did, did I ever tell you that my favorite color is blue? And then he wakes up again, and, and everything, everything is fucking blue. Which is cool. And then he just loses it. He's, he's screaming. just screaming on the yeah. bus. And then I guess he's back in the city. Like no one has called the authorities about. Oh no! Then it's a dream again. So they do a triple. They do. They, they, they do the triple whammy. They do the triple whammy. He's back in Charlton Heston's office, and he says, "I, you know, like I, I can't explain what what happened to Styles." And Charlton Heston's like, "Who? Who the fuck Styles?" Yeah. So like, so she's been written out of the book, and he's begging him. He's like, "Don't." Published this fucking book. Yeah, even this, though is, this I, is my this is my one of my favorite parts of the movie. Burned every I burned every page of it, but you got a manuscript somehow, so you're gonna cause the end of the world. Mm. And Charlton Heston's like, but I'm making so much money because we we published it seven months ago. Oh, yeah. really? And, and, right. and, and the movie's and, coming and, out and, next and, week. And, and yeah. the movie's just the movie's being released like that day or something like that. Le- or the movie's going to be released next week or yeah. Something. Anyways, yeah. For but people yeah, who and don't it's read, weird. And yeah. earlier in the earlier in this film, they implied the movie was made already because there was a flash to a marquee, and I didn't read it correctly, I guess, until you see it the second time in the movie, because it says In the Mouth of Madness, starring John Trent. Well, no, 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 no. Samuel's character, but hold on, hold on. Um, Earlier in the movie, I thought for sure it said on the marquee, John Carpenter. I thought it painted it itself, which still would have worked for me, but they imply a bit earlier in the movie through a weird, through the brilliant editing, the brilliant, brilliant um, editing as well. Your favorite editor now? Not my favorite editor, but damn good work on this. And I'm sorry I threw away my receipts. Your, your, your one, your one note. My one note <laughs> with his name on. But seriously, um, brilliant editing. They flashed the that marquee, and that would have worked for me. Well, as there, there's also a scene at the end which, which uh, I loved. I loved everything about the ending. And but there's one scene at the end that didn't make sense to me. Is when there's a huge lineup to get the new Sutter Kane book, and people are going crazy. But the they just said the Sutter Kane book's been out for seven months. Why is there a huge lineup to get the new Sutter Kane yeah, book? And why is everyone going crazy? But everyone's angry. Everyone's like, everyone's angry in line. People are fighting. The bookstore is trash. And the Coles knows just make it kind of crazy. Well, also, and also, yeah, you're a little irritable. Also, this movie reminded me a lot of video. Okay, so let's get to the ending. Let's get to the ending. Let's get to the ending, and then we'll talk about our feelings about it. So. Uh, after it's after Sam Neill has the meeting with with uh, Chucky Heston, for some reason Sam Neill just kills. There's this guy walking down the street reading Sutter Kane. No, with, with, his eyes, with, his, with, with his eyes bleeding. His eyes are bleeding. <laughs> and and uh, and uh, Sam Neill just goes, uh, "Do you like Sutter Kane?" Yeah. And the kid's like, "Yeah, my eyes are bleeding." 
And then, uh, and then pulls out his axe. Sam Neill fucking kills him with the same axe. That like, did he, he did, 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 did he take that axe from that guy? Well, no, but it's the, the it's the same axe. Earlier in the movie, the very beginning, when he's first looking, when Sam Neill is first looking at Sutter Kane novels, that guy comes up to him. Yeah, I remember oh, really? that. Yeah. Oh, well. That character so, so, that so he, he ends up axing. The film came full circle and for me. was just like, So, yeah. so he kills him? And I, I'm assuming for that reason he winds up in the lunatic asylum. No, no. Firstly, no. It ends up, ends up in the uh, in the movie theater. Well, well, no, 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 no. That's after we go back to the lunatic that's asylum. That's right. Okay. After David Warner leaves. So, so, Dave, oh, okay. so and he's like, and that's and, then, and, then, and that's what I did on my summer vacation. And, then, and that's, then, uh, the, the outside scene of the the, the, the uh, insane asylum, there's like a, the ambulance is like it's like it's empty. It's like on the side of the road. But you're skipping a couple of scenes. Am right? I? Yes. Uh, <laughs> Sam Neill. Uh, uh, Kills the guy, and then and that's why he winds up in the loony bin. Right, and then it cuts back to David Warner, and, and and then Samuel's like, "So it's getting pretty crazy out there, isn't it?" And Sa- and David Warner doesn't really say anything. And then as he's, and Samuel's like, "I'd rather be in this padded cell than out there because it's safer in here." Right. And David Warner leaves to go back to wherever the hell he came from. Right. Uh, presumably, get, get on board the Titanic Warner or whatever. Brothers. And as he's leaving, the doctor with with the eraser head hair says, right. "Do you read Sutter Kane?" Oh. And then David Warner just kind of looks over his shoulder and doesn't say anything. He walks away. That's why he's one of the last seen people. And then all this shit goes down, and like everybody in the building is killed. Yeah. All these weird tentacle creatures, yeah. and the door is thrown <laughs> open or whatever. And then at, when everyone's dead, Sam Neill walks out, and he's in his pajamas, covered in all his fucking upside down crosses, yeah. and he just. I guess he walks into Manhattan or whatever from the Looney Bin. Look, it'd be a long walk because it's like in the middle of nowhere, as far as I could tell. And cars are burning at this point. Yeah, all like, because of Sutter. All King. because of Sutter. A bit of news reportage going on, informing narration. Reminded me of the end of the birds when they're leaving oh, the house. Yeah, I love. I and know. you hear a bit in a news report on how the birds. I'm talking about Hitchcock. Hitchcock's classic. Yeah. Pardon me, of course. Of course, well, Hitchcock's the, classic. Yes. Well, Angry Birds. Um, well, anyway, um, the end of the birds where they're leaving the house and you hear a bit of the news report and they're kind of pulling themselves together to face the world. Yeah. And you hear the news report stating on how bad the conditions have gotten. That's happening here in this movie. And he's walking along. So here's the ending we need to talk about, mm-hmm. whether it's a complete cop-out or whether it's good. Uh, yeah, he, it's... he comes up to a movie theater and the mo- it, it's it, the movie theater is playing In the Month of Madness starring... Trent, Trent Reznor, John no. Trent, Trent Reznor, <laughs> and he goes, he goes into the theater, and he sits down. He's the only dude in the theater, and he's got this big old bucket of popcorn. He's yeah. wearing his crazy clothes, yeah, it's crazy, and he, and then clothes. he watches the movie that we all just watched, yeah. and yeah. he starts laughing like a fucking like like Robert De Niro and Cape Fear, just laughing like a crazy just person. Love it. And then yeah. he and then he gets into this weird like laughter slash crying. Yeah, like me at Over, Thanksgiving. Is that en- does that ending suck or is that ending amazing? I love the ending. I still don't understand it. Like, I, it's a, like what? What is? What is the movie? What is? What happened? I have no idea. Like, I loved the, the yeah, movie. I, I, I love. I love movies that, that I don't understand. Or they confuse me. I don't like. Like what the? What the? Like is the is the ending of the book? Him in the theater watching the ending. Like like. I love I love the ending. It didn't make a lot of sense to me, and I it's it's one you could think about. And we could talk about for another hour. We probably shouldn't, yeah. but uh, we could because well, it's, it's last calls in eight minutes. 
Well, we should we well, should wrap, we should, we should wrap this up then. Like, we should call this show last call. Actually. By the way, I uh, I met John Carpenter. Really? I got drunk with him too. Really? I did. Oh, you bastard! I'd love to get he, drunk with John Carpenter. Uh, I met him at the Fantasia Film Festival back in, in I think Montreal, ninety eight or ninety nine. It's in Montreal. Yeah, he presented Vampires. What God, that was a shitty brand movie. movie. Fuck, I hate that movie. It's he presented terrible. the film. Yeah. I met him at the festival. Movie. I used to work at the not festival, and no, no, it's, it's not despicable. I hate it. It, it, it just it, falls it, short J- of what James it could Woods' have been. belt buckle. Was I just, right, here's exactly. the thing: we all the is being horribly sexist and uncomfortable, and really punishing and terrible. I hated it. But okay, we anyway, well, me and the other festival people, we ended up being uh, hospitality too, and we took him on a bender, and it was awesome. amazing. And I'll say that for another episode. That being said, but cool, let me, I didn't get to say my feelings about this movie. Though. Well, no, we, we, haven't, we, haven't we, we haven't done that. We haven't done that. We're still talking <laughs> about the end. No, yeah, we haven't got okay, that. Okay, so it's okay, man. Now, you'll, you'll get, you'll get what about your, last call. Well, we got. <laughs> Why don't we pause? We got lots of time. We'll get last no, call. wait, wait, no, no, hold on, wait. Give me. No, it's not in eight minutes. One o'clock. No, I was joking. It's in like He's a comedian. It's in like twenty five minutes. <laughs> Anyways, so this movie now is the point in, in the podcast <laughs> where I would like to to, 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 to talk about the difference in how I originally felt about this movie and how I felt about it when I watched it uh, mm-hmm. uh, yesterday. When I originally, I was just too dumb to really uh, appreciate it. I wanted things to be very obvious and, and like uh, I wanted like I, I was not interested in nuance. I'm still not particularly interested in nuance, mm-hmm. but I'm a bit better at it now, you know, yeah. 25 years later. Yeah. I loved the shit out of this movie. Sorry, hitting the fucking... It's okay. There's a, I love the shit. I gotta say, I adore this movie. Like, yeah. I, I will recommend it to customers. It is so much better than I remember being. I mm-hmm. remember thinking it was a kind of a cop-out, kind of lame, kind of, you know, kind of stupid. And yeah. now I realize that was the whole fucking point. Um, criminally underrated. I, I actually, I would put it in the Agreed. top... Like definitely top five uh, um, John Carpenter films. Yeah, yeah. It might even be better than than some of my most beloved John Carpenters. Mm. Like, what are, you, what are it, your most beloved John Carpenters? Well, Big Trouble in Little China, yeah, The yeah. Thing, uh, Assault on Precinct Thirteen. Yeah, like the, those immediately spring to mind as, as like my yeah. favorites. Halloween. Yeah, uh, I've mm. I've never been that fond of Halloween. I mean, I, I recognize Escape the brilliance of Halloween. Also, I don't think it's that great. Mm. Because honestly, like Escape from New York doesn't really have much of a story. Or well, you're, you're escaping his from New Elvis York. movie. Well, nothing. You and your Elvis movie. <laughs> John Carpenter made a brilliant Elvis movie. So uh, no, nothing, really, nothing, nothing really happens in Escape from New York. So uh, the thing I love because something happens because it's it, because like identity is, is called into question. And by the way, uh, when I did research uh, for this movie. Um, repeatedly, John Carpenter has said that he has apparently there's a trilogy, and this is the third one of his. Really? Uh, he calls it the Apocalypse trilogy. The first one. They being, live would be in there. I have to assume. I, I'm pretty sure. Prince it's, of Darkness is in there. Yeah, pretty, well, it's, I thought those, it's, those, it, those it, are no, the three movies the I mentioned thi- It's the thing. It's like a little little trilogy. It's the, the thing. It's the thing. Prince of Darkness and uh, In the Mouth of Madness. Yeah, I like that. Which all kind of makes sense. Now I want to go back and watch those other two. So, there. anyways, I'm I'm recommending this wholeheartedly. So so this is a a, a, a thumbs up. A, Huge it, thumbs it, up. It holds up. It, yeah. Not only does it hold up, it like holds up like better than I than I remember. Awesome. So watch it. Go Excellent. see it. It's and, fucking fantastic. Uh, Alex, I know you didn't, you didn't see it before. I had never seen this film before. I hummed and hawed when you told me what we were going to watch next. Well, I didn't. I just well didn't suggested. 
<laughs> he ordered. Yeah, we ordered you. When the to orders watch came down from from the high command. <laughs> when the whip cracked, you know, I just agreed. I, I had to go along. I loved this film. I loved it, and I'm so glad you guys picked it. I know this is cheesy, even sentimental, sound, but I'm telling you, I really like this movie. I'm completely fascinated by it. I want to watch it again. Excellent. For sure, I would highly recommend it, and it was such a pleasant surprise on all levels. Wickedly funny, genuinely scary and creepy. I'm moments, great chemistry with the actors. Styles. Brilliant editing. Brilliant, uh, pardon me, editing. And uh, no, I, I would highly recommend this film, and I'm serious. Like, John Carpenter, he's always had a, um, I feel he's been short, uh, shorted in terms of the credit he deserves, especially alongside his peers like mm-hmm. Spielberg and De Palma and stuff like that. And it's like his best works will stand up with any of his peers. And I honestly believe somewhere like 50 years down the road or something, this sounds cheesy, but like seriously, this will be one of those movies that's going to rise to the top. Like someday when, because I do believe John Carpenter, his best work will be watched. I hope 50 so. years down the I road hope, in Cinematex, I, hope so. because, thing, yeah, I truly believe a, that. He's a, he's a true American auteur. Like but I could a, see this yes, being absolutely. one of those movies where it's like, because he's got stuff too that's not necessarily that great. Everyone has a misstep here and there that I necessarily don't. won't be remembered. But this film, I think, is going to rise. I, I think his so, stuff yeah. will be remembered years ahead. And this film is going to rise mm. in his canon. I really do. I think it's a really yeah. brilliant movie. Yeah. Completely Excellent. brilliant. I was completely in the ending. Totally worked for me. Yeah, in we a could, way, we could talk about the like, ending forever. Yeah, it was, and in a way, this film for me kind of showed like um, it was. It was almost like less about a fictional character that we're going to watch than it was like, hey, what do fictional characters go through? Mm-hmm. The hell fictional characters go through when they're being created. And, and then created. imagine if a fictional character actually woke up and realized. That he was a fictional character, and an actor's going to play him in a movie and, and stuff. And, and so, hey, it totally worked for me as a yeah. meditation. As cheesy as that sounds, I don't whip this film out off this this you word you, out you, often. You don't whip out what often? This word okay. out often when discussing films. I'm serious. It's a meditation on the creation of horror. I found it completely. You bright. know what? I actually, I really love this. In, in movie. my notes, I, I actually, yeah. I, 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 I didn't say meditation. I know it's a cheesy way of putting it, but it no, really, no, I, I, I completely no, no, love the film. No as, a me, as a meta commentary on the horror genre. No, it, it really was. Like, like, it's like far yeah. better than Scream, which was like, oh, we're super... Like, sick. this well, was a, nah, I wouldn't even compare it to Scream, because Scream's a completely yeah. different animal. And I, I love Wes Craven, and I love the first Scream. So I, I don't know, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't put down Scream by comparing it to this. Well, no, 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 no it, but, but I mean, what, I mean, similarly, like characters, characters in horror stories being... Becoming self-aware that they are characters in horror. Right, right. It also uh, totally enough, reminded right. me by one other thing too. I bet you ten bucks, Garbage. I mean, you know he's a fanatic of old Hollywood. Ten dollars, you say? Is very Godard this film too? Jean Luc Godard, yeah. very <laughs> much so. <laughs> well, I, I thought or, you were talking. I thought about like Gary Godard. Yeah, or Billy Godard yeah. you know, down the street. <laughs> and, but and, seriously, this film, like in reflecting on its own form, so, so it you, completely you, blew me away. So, so, so Mr. Darren, how did you feel about? Uh, well, you know, it's, it's funny because uh, looking back, um, I had very fond memories when I saw this because I remember watching it. I don't remember a lot about, but I remember watching it and having such a fun, visceral reaction to it because it, it's a strange movie. It's fucked up. 
And it kind of reminded me of the first time I watched Phantasm because it's a totally you know what? strange I, fucked up movie. I made movie. that exact same comparison. Oh, really? Yeah. No, yeah. I, absolutely, yeah. Phantasm. It's, yeah. And so, like, to me, like, I, I think I probably liked it more back when I first saw it because it was new and original and it was crazy to me. But I totally enjoyed watching it again. I, I loved watching it again. And it was fun. About my only complaint, I think, I think it should have been maybe a little longer and maybe fleshed out a few more of the themes that it was going for. Because I found that the, the, last, the last act, the last third of it, kind of rushed it along with the monsters and, and him going crazy and then and, and sort of the reality folding in on itself or whatever just yeah, happened. Yeah, because it's only 90 minutes, this movie. Yeah, I thought it, it, could, I thought it could have been longer because it seemed to go by fast, which is great in a horror film. Yeah. And I, don't, I generally don't like long movies, especially if they're unnecessarily long. And I find a lot of movies are unnecessarily long, like comedies and action movies are yeah. stupidly long. But uh, horror movies are better when they're short. But I yeah. felt this one could have been a little longer just to flesh it a few more well, of the yeah. ideas. And this is widely considered to be uh, the last good John Carpenter movie. Last great John Carpenter movie. It is great. You know what I used to say? But it's, I, th- I think it's also the probably the, the most underrated John Carpenter movie. I would say... No, I'd say this is more underrated. No, what we're talking about here. But I have a question for both of you. Have you ever been in the Mouth of Madness? And what does it smell like? Or do you mean like the band from the UK, Our House? Like, I have in each of their mouths. Our mouth in the center of madness. Anyways, let's uh, let's let's wrap this up. I think uh, we're all in consensus that this is a great movie. Absolutely, totally brilliant film. Uh, Loved it. One one quick question now. So, customer comes in. It's two for one Monday. Oh, they they pick up in the mouth of madness. What would be a good? uh, Well, I'm I'm going to I'm going to continue on my recommendations of movies that have nothing to do with the one that we watched okay um but i know alex is going to disagree with me vehemently on this but the best movie i've seen recently was a movie called the greasy strangler loved it it's I, so I, crazy it's vile disgusting it's terrible it's poorly acted it's it's there's no reason for it to exist but i thought it was amazing it restored my faith in watching movies again because i've seen so much hollywood stuff lately i just it just it was refreshing alex what are you going to pair up in the mouth of madness with well, I'm going to pair it up with a really... I, I haven't revisited it lately, but uh, just for a fucked up a movie about an author, I would pair it up with The Dark Half. George oh. Romero with Timothy Hutton. That's another... That's, that's King good. Movie. There's amazing moments in it, and it's just like... Um, there's a great scene in the beginning of brain surgery, us. and an eyeball opens up. But the uh, insanity of a writer in the... Dylan has his recommendation. Romero. My recommendation would be, uh, and it's camp... All I thought through this entire movie was this reminds me of Phantasm. I'm mm. not sure why. Yeah. It's so much like Phantasm. It's another dimension. It, it, yeah. It's unpredictable. And it's and it's that, that's one thing I like about it. It's unpredictable. So that that is in the mouth of madness from uh, Sorry that took four John, hours to tell John everyone Carpenter, about it. Yeah. 1995. But we had a lot of fun watching it. Highly recommended. Please we all come loved and watch it. it. Yeah. Uh, come on in here here at the corner of Commercial Drive and, and over Grant on Canby Street. Street as well, and also on Canby yeah, at 19th have it across too. the Park Theater. Two chances to watch it. Um, we have a website and all that shit, but you can yeah. Google that and find it. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm going to say goodnight to you guys. Yeah. I, I have well, been I have been Dylan Reimer. And I, I have been Darren Gay, and I will be in the future. And I, I am Alex Chisholm. Yes. And Good night. And you remain so. To the bar. Let's we, get the we last have, call. Yes, yeah, to the bar. The Black Dog After Dark podcast is recorded at Black Dog Video on Commercial Drive in Vancouver, Canada. It's presented by Alex Chisholm, Darren Gay, and Dylan Reimer. It is produced by Dylan Reimer and Darren Gay. 
Alex just kind of stands there and drinks beer. The intro and outro music was recorded by Tiger Burning Bright, composed by Jeff, who works at Jefferson's Barbershop, also on Commercial Drive.